Hello, everybody, and welcome to an exciting episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He's my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. And boy, oh boy, are there storylines this week. And by storylines, I mean basically just the one, which is that the former president of the United States was indicted. What? Yeah. So we're going to we're going to chat about that at length because we missed the news just barely last week. And actually, it kind of snuck up on me. It kind of snuck up on me. I feel like before we were anticipating too much. And then, you know, we'd get, again, Coyote and Roadrunnered. And this time I didn't pay attention to all that chit-chat about it coming down imminently. And then it, and then it done came down imminently. Yep. So we're going to get to that. But first of all, just a quick how you doing. By the way, we're your morning show for any hour. Check us out. And also follow us at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram. How you doing, my man? Hello, Mary Catherine. Doing just fine. Busy, busy weekend. You know how Sunday's supposed to be a day of rest. It was the exact opposite. My daughter had a marketing day project due on Monday with a friend. And so, you know, you split up your duties, but it always feels like you're doing all of the duties. Yes. How is that? And next thing you know, so they had to come up with like, what are you going to sell to the other kids? And they use fake, fake money. And she and her friend, they love bubble tea boba. Oh, yes. So much. She's like, we're going to do boba. It's going to be great. Except for you have to find the boba pearls. And they don't actually Ooh. sell them in most like normal supermarkets. Normal. Yes, I said that. Normal. So where did we end up at an H-Mart? The you got H-Mart it. in Maryfield, which I, you know, I've been out to another place many years ago out there in Virginia. It was with Michelle Richard and it was a lot of fun. But this is a different place called the H-Mart. Name dropper yes, much? exactly. Michelle Richard. It was, it was. And he loved it there and getting, you know, enoki mushrooms and things. So I went in. Wow. That is quite a scene. And but for me, it felt like I was like back home. I've been right. to Asian marts, particularly in New Jersey and New York. So this was familiar. I told I told Kate, I don't know how she would have done here. And she said, maybe they wouldn't even let her in. <laughs> you know, it was like every shade of brown. Myself. Right, included. Right. We, we were all there. The whole the whole all of like half, the, uh, half the whole the planet, cr- the whole flesh colored crown box. That's, that's right. Of the flesh. color. <laughs> that's right. Of like half that sphere. And so anyway, of the planet was there. You know, from Middle East, Near East, Far East. Okay. Everybody's there. And all the various smells and things. Very, quite exciting. So I want to go back. So uh, the short answer is it was a success and everything is fine. But I do want to go back because of two things. One, it's a really interesting place. And I could probably find lots of interesting stuff. Oh, like for sure. you know, Chinese sausage and various kinds of noodles for pancit. And then the other thing is in that plaza across the way in the parking lot is an Arby's. Oh, I mean, I mean, I think this that is the best of both worlds. I told Kate, I said, next weekend, I'm going to Arby's and then I'm going to come home. I'll, I'll pick up some, you know, century eggs and fish heads. She's going <laughs> to love it. It's going to be great. So that's that was my I mean, both places have the meats. They They're just very different. They're meats. very questionable. Both <laughs> places, actually. Both places. Yes, are very questionable. Exactly. Mary Catherine, how are you? I'm good. First of all, I'm glad your daughter wasn't do that project at our house because at our house, I'd just be like, oh, there's, there's this packet of silica gel. These feel like little balls. Right? Just throw them throw in the that tea. in there. It says do not open or consume, but I feel like for a school project, we're okay. Yeah, that would be fine. me. They would have been. Maybe those little sensory balls that they put in that the, the kid, the toddlers play Well, you with. actually have to get also I'd be the- like, look, just get a really small actually, straw so they don't well, suck up anything. That's the thing. If you get boba tea, you need the boba straws, which are <laughs> enormous. Yes, I know. Yeah. I'd, I would be disappointing people with yep. my tiny straw and my silica. Okay. Don't eat the silica, guys. I'm good. I just came from the dentist. 
but nothing nothing problematic. No, not like the president. <laughs> no, no. no root canal. No root canal for me. I just came from the dentist because this is a real mark of this is a this is a milestone. I'm mm-hmm. I've I've crossed into a different age group here because I had my retainer, my permanent retainer taken off of my front teeth. So I had one on the back of my teeth from when I was 17 because my teeth, bless their hearts, they want to go home. They want to go home, and the place where they want to live is not where they should be, especially for a person who is in broadcasting. Your teeth are mesmerizing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, we spent a lot of money on them. <laughs> yeah, and, and I would love to see a picture pre-dental. Yes. We will have to find that and put it on the Instagram, actually. that is so, so check at Getting Hammered Podcast out for a picture of pre-orthodontics MK. So how long did you have the retainer on that you just had removed? Well, so I had braces for three years, but I've had this retainer since I was 17. Wow. Yeah. And I have one on the bottom still. So I had it taken off today. Why was it taken off? Well, one, because it was basically non-functional because it had broken down over the years. So no big deal. It wasn't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. But now my teeth feel different, which is weird because you like without that there, this is a whole new ball game for me. Like the day you get your braces off and you're like, oh my gosh, where, where did these teeth come from? So that feels weird. But the reason I got it off is because they were going to put in a new one, but they, but I said, well, I got this TMJ problem and oh, I need a night yes. guard. Oh, yeah. My jaw's been hurting because I've been clenching mm-hmm. and, you know, because adult mm-hmm. problems and adult stress. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's what I do. And so that I is need... music to the dentist's oh, ears. Oh, yeah. So I got to have a night for. guard. And they said, well, a night guard is just a retainer. So we will make that for you. And then you don't need the retainer on your back of your teeth. So I've moved from. Teenage retainer to middle-aged lady night, night guard. guard. Yeah, that's that's the transition I have made this week. Aren't there uh, other devices for the, what is it called, TMG? Yeah, the, I think TMG. Okay. Trend, there are things, um, there are things mandibular you have to like. joint. Yes, there's yeah. like all various devices for that as well. I'm sure. Mine's mine's minor. But I think if I wear the retainer every now and then, especially if I'm having a, a difficult week, that will probably help. Do you ever have to wear like the outer headset thing? <laughs> You ever no, see that in 16 no, Candles? I never, the, kid, I never had, the kid at the yes. dance, he's got the outer. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's Joan right. Very, very good. Yeah, 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 Drinking right. out of the water fountain. Right. One of my favorite <laughs> moments in all of cinema. No, I did not have the wearable retainer, but I do think there's a there's an older sister of one of the South Park characters who has a retainer. And I very much had that vibe in middle school, like, get away from me, John Lowen. And it was like a lisp and like I had all sorts of work that was being done at all times and tightening and disaster three and a half years in, in this predicament and more getting ready for the braces to begin with. By the way, you know they put braces on kids really a lot younger these days? Yes, I know because both my kids. Yeah, we got, I got to get started on but this. I, I'm like, I whoa, understand. this took me by surprise. I also understand they're less medieval. Yes, like, that's, that's what I'm hoping. When my sister had braces on, was it, they had like hot clay and things like that to put on and then, yeah. you know, the various it's hooks and rubber bands yes. and all those and now, uh, you know, it's, well, I guess Invisalign is something similar to that as well. Yeah, but they, maybe I mean, clear these braces, kids today will have like no that. idea oh, what we endured. by comparison. No idea what we endured. Oh, but it is true, right. by the way. My, my, my daughter, she does have the retainer problem. Sometimes it gets dislodged. Yeah, you got to be careful. You got to go to the dentist. Okay. All right, listen. Enough. Enough with that. <laughs> I've, I've crossed the Rubicon from retainer to night guard. All right, which means I can have very mature commentary. Here we go. Now. The indictment of the former president, Donald J. Trump, who has, I believe now, has he gone to the Miami? Yeah, well, yeah. once again, 
everyone chooses to make news on the days we record. Yeah. Not yesterday <laughs> and not tomorrow. And so uh, it's happening as okay. we speak. So all the cameras are following him mm-hmm. all right. to, to, my, to Miami. Right. All right. He is indicted by the federal government. This is Jack Smith, the special prosecutor who has brought this indictment. It is 49 pages long. There are 37 counts. 37 counts, 31 connected to the Espionage Act. 31 connected to the Espionage Act. The rest are obstruction Mm. issues. Mm -hmm. And all right, so I've read the whole thing. It's it's a jaunt. Yes. It's basically a French farce, but with state secrets. I've, as as many journalists would say, I've read in it. (laughs) All right. Well, let me start, before we get into the actual indictment itself, let me start with the fact that, you know, a lot of the New York Times headlines and stuff have been like, oh, attempts to discredit the FBI. And I'm like, okay, let's hold, hold on. The FBI done did that itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is the subhead. Trump's or the headline. Trump's case puts the justice system on trial in a test of public credibility. This is the New York Times subhead. The former president's efforts to defend against multiple felony counts by discrediting law enforcement pose a grave challenge to democracy. Okay. There's a lot in this vein. There's several things happening here. One is that the discrediting has been done by the actual agencies and law enforcement agencies of the United States sure. federal government on several yeah. attempts to go after Trump. That's right. I would say for that reason, skepticism is warranted. And I was surprised that there wasn't a tiny bit more skepticism before the actual indictment sure. even appeared. Right. I was like, oh, I would like to actually see what's in it. Right. Because whatever you think of Trump. The DOJ has a track record of having fabricated the Russiagate investigation, which mired the Trump administration for several years, the entirety of his presidency, ironically based on Russian disinformation paid for by the Clinton presidential campaign. So that's a problem. And that means that a lot of people, particularly those who are Trump supporters, will wonder if perhaps there is not something afoot once right. again. Right. Now, that to me, that is a reasonable level of skepticism. Then you have the Bragg indictment, which came out of New York. Right. Totally ridiculous. Which, as we have discussed, was basically insane. And it's hard to argue that would apply to anyone else because it literally has never applied to anyone else no. ever before. They've no. created a new standard whereby they're not actually naming the original crime he did, which I guess is a federal election, mm-hmm. uh, like, it funds was, normally it's more Normally it's a, it's a misdemeanor, but they upped it to a felony. And they upped it to a felony without even telling you what the original was, and they're like, he's obstructing, mm-hmm. we're not really sure. At any rate, clearly political, clearly weak. A lot, of, a lot of people, even of the left, said, okay, this seems like really a reach. Right. Okay, so you got that that makes people, like, skeptical. Then you have the different treatment of Madam Secretary oh, right. Hillary Clinton, right? Who, as I noted before, funded the information, disinformation, that led to the Steele dossier and most right. of Russiagate. Okay. I would argue, and I've heard people argue against it, that in fact the Hillary misdeeds and these are pretty highly analogous. Mm-hmm. That there was an attempt to hide things, that those things were classified. Mm-hmm at different levels, sometimes very top level. Mm-hmm. And by the way, with Hillary, the evidence of that is that she destroyed a bunch of stuff, right? In mm-hmm. fact, I would argue maybe she was the smarter criminal, which is one, 
one of the reasons yeah, she's very smart. she got away with that. And if you look back at the Comey statement when they decided not to indict her, he says, indeed, we have experts who say that this server, which she had she used on wireless devices in foreign countries, was almost certainly breached. Yeah. And we wouldn't necessarily have evidence of that. But our experts agree that this was a very, very vulnerable system and that people could have gotten these things. Okay. So what they argue is that the difference, if you will, between the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump case is that in Hillary's case, the tens of thousands of emails in the private server only talked about the classified documents versus being the actual classified documents. Right. Therefore, not a big deal to delete them or destroy, well, you know, uh, with a hammer. But that's only that's only partially <laughs> true. Some wipe, of them were like the hard drive. Some of them were actual yeah. yeah. pictures of the documents. And then of course, we do not know no, what don't. was in the 30,000 destroyed Deleted ones. Yeah, yeah. Nor do we know what was on the devices that were destroyed right. with actual hammers or right. wiped with bleach bits. So, just just putting that out there, guys. Now, that does not change the fact that both Hillary and Trump clearly engaged in incredibly irresponsible mm -hmm. behavior. My kingdom for one of our elites or presidential aspirants over the past 10 years to be not a trash can irresponsible human. Like, could could they just, could they just and there, well, keep it between uh, yeah. the navigational beacons and the antlers? No. And there's, and there's major gaslighting or trolling going on because I think even Hillary said recently in a tweet, that, you know, regarding the Trump indictment, no one is above the law. Right. She's saying that. <laughs> well, she tweeted she tweeted about the indictment. Yeah. And was selling her but her emails merch, which is, is of course, a, a downplaying of her actions. Mm -hmm. Which, looking at the time, I thought, like, how are you not indicting her? Right. When Comey read his statement, I said, I mean, it certainly sounds like it fits right. the statute. And I, I understood that he was in a very tough position. I think he made a bad decision, which was he didn't indict her, which would have been the letter of the law, but he came out and gave her this weird tongue lashing, yes. which is not his role, but he yeah, thinks he's just kind of himself. this slap on the wrist, but he wanted to have it both ways. Yes. But I think he was very mindful that, you know, nothing like this had ever been, again, it would be unprecedented. Nothing had ever been done yes. like this before. And in the middle of a presidential election with one of the two right. nominees. Right. And it makes it more. It's happening now. It makes so. it more weighty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he he comes this is out. Not to say, this, this is not to say. No, no. Uh, I'm getting to let the, Trump off. It's, yeah, it's, it's about here's, here's the thing. The reason equal application. The reason all this matters is because if the Comey precedent, let's call it that casually. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's not in charge of setting legal precedents. But if the Comey precedent is set on Hillary, that while someone's running for president, that indicting on this law that not many people mm -hmm. are indicted on, although people are, including David Petraeus. John Deutsch. Berger, I mm -hmm. uh, believe. Sandy Berger. Sandy Berger. Yeah. If the decision is made that you do the public statement tongue lashing, but you do not indict Hillary in a Democratic administration, mm -hmm. it becomes problematic if the standard changes as soon as there is a Republican candidate mm -hmm. running for president. Right. And the indictment happens, right, for very similar actions. Now, here's the problem. Smith is not Comey, and he's not really answerable to the same standard that Comey set. However, the American people deserve an equal standard for the two yeah. of these people, and if they do not have one, I'm not sure how you expect them to think this is being conducted fairly. So I agree with your analysis about everyone being worked up on one side of this. 
yeah. you know, Trump defenders and conservatives in, in general who have concerns. Again, we're not discussing the actual indictment itself, but rather just this whole thing that has played out. Because as you were saying, there are large chunks of this bureaucracy that have had it in for Trump since day one, since he was running. And we've yeah. seen this in texts between in the among the FBI, like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, yeah. saying that, you know, I've dedicated my life to taking Trump down, right? They've done this. Also, I, by the way, on a tangent, I do want to say, we, when we've discussed this, you know, we were on a little bit of a hiatus here between the raid at Mar-a-Lago right. and what happened in this past week. And at some point, you just kind of forget about it. And I was like, whatever happened to that? I guess nothing's coming of it. I didn't expect it to transpire this so, way. So, so that, the, that's that's the other thing. Well, and this is a good way to transition to the indictment itself, which is going to be yeah. a whole different right. ball game for me. Right. Okay. So. Oh, and one, one other thing yeah. quickly, which is, and the other thing of great concern is, so Jack Smith is not, he's not a, he's not an independent counsel. He's a special counsel. Yeah, right? so he's not did appointed. I say independent? No, 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 you didn't. You were good. But he was appointed by a court. No, he's not appointed by the court. He, Jack Smith was appointed by Merrick Garland. So what you have here is this, quote, special counsel with some distance between him and the Department of Justice. But he's appointed by Merrick Garland, who, of course, himself serves at the behest of Joe Biden. Right. And now that person is going after Biden's chief political yes. rival which, with the aim of imprisonment. Right. Which, with, which regardless of the person yes. or the crime, is a yeah. big, big Big right. deal that okay. this is happening. It doesn't mean it's automatically. So we wrong. get it. What we're saying here on getting hammered is we get it. We yes. we, we hear you. Okay. Well, no, I, I just think there's, there are two things going. There are two, <laughs> there are two separate things. things happening. It can be both. It can so, be both, and it is. Now, I'm with you that I I agree. There is this hardworking cabal that has. You notice really, I didn't want to say those two words. I'm not saying those two words. Okay. There there is a hardworking group of people in the federal government, mm -hmm. the media aligned with them, oh. who has been out to get oh. Trump. I think the Durham report made that very clear, right? The media has been right. at all times aligned. And the plan seems to work, which is to throw everything on the wall and right. see what sticks. Now, here's my question for Trump supporters and for Trump. Why is he so excited to help them? Yeah. Because my deal with this indictment oh. is that you don't have to believe the feds you can actually just believe Trump's own words about his egregious yeah. behavior. Yeah. Now, I do want to give a brief mea culpa because when I said it was a big, 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 big deal that they raided Mar-a-Lago, I said, you got to be really sure. Yes, we did. No, we were both is, there. That this is a big enough deal that is worth sending the FBI into the home of a former yeah. president over yeah. Never been done. a records dispute, mm -hmm. right? There have been what? records disputes in the past, but it must be said now that we've read all this indictment, and it, we knew this at the time, Trump was more withholding than anyone other than Hillary. Right. Hillary is the one that's analogous. When people mention Obama holding records or when people- Biden or Pence. Or, or Pence or Biden, like Obama especially, it was like, hey, you've got these records, you have access to them as a former president, but we need to have them taken care of. In these ways, we can create a secure space for you, or you can give them back. Yeah. Anyway, these things happen. What Trump did, and this is mea culpa, I think that when they found out what was going on at Mar-a-Lago, which we see in this indictment, it did become clear that action needed to be taken to make sure that everything was out of there. Because it sounds like, now, there's a lot of overclassification in the 
government sure. too, right? But it sounds like it, if you just took the top secret yeah. documents, which are the toppest top top, right? right. <laughs> the the most dangerous to national security. There were a lot of them flying around, and they were being moved, like I said, French farce style, yeah. from ballroom to bathroom to storage room to right. Trump's residence right. to to planes to Bedminster, so that he could have them up there. And if and it's indeed, his valet, Mr. Nauda, yes, who did all that, who's also his, he's indicted as yes. well, the Navy guy, right? Navy yeah, body man. Yeah. So the, all this stuff is moving now. Do I know if they knew that before they raided? Or if they found mm-hmm. it out afterwards, I, I'm not sure. But it seems to me that getting that stuff back was very important, right? And yeah. that's that's where we first crossed into this somewhat new territory. Right. It's not like it, it, it's not like he was keeping I don't know the plans for the White House menu for the next day. Right. Which I would myself keep. I, I love menus. Well, and so but that it, 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 it's it's not it's not that. And remember, there was some speculation about what it involved at the time, but... Well, and, and then yeah. this was the thing, too, because the media coverage was like, nuclear codes! And then it was like, walked back significantly, right. and we weren't sure That's what right. was there. Yet another case where waiting to see what actually is there is helpful. Right. Of course, the story needed to be covered at the time, but we didn't have very much information. So we find out that what happened is Trump left office with a bunch of boxes full of stuff. Some of it memorabilia, some of it personal papers, yeah. but... A significant amount, I think something like 300 pieces, Mm -hmm. were classified information. The majority of them were just confidential, which is the lower tier. Sure. And then there was, what's the middle middle one, secret and then top secret? And the minority were top secret, but there was a significant number. And At least 31 documents, because that's the 31 counts for the violation of the Espionage Act. Now, there were far more than that, but Mm -hmm. he returned the majority of them after they started asking. He kept a hundred or so in these boxes yeah. at his place, basically because he felt, if you're to read the indictment and believe everything in it, and I, I would like to wait for the defense, obviously, and all of that. Mm-hmm. This is just a one-sided story. That's right. However, a lot of the one-sided story comes from his own attorney. So yeah. I think that's important. If his, you're to former, believe it, his now former attorney? Yes. Yeah. That Cor- guy skedaddled yeah. because, you know, he was making them lie. Yeah. So... If you believe this indictment, he's keeping these boxes just because he thinks they're his boxes and he thinks that he ha- he's entitled to them and he doesn't want people touching them and he doesn't want to give them back and he's being very stubborn about it. And what's interesting to me and what, okay, to, to me what different, mm-hmm. differentiates this from the Bragg thing is the Bragg thing, you're like, okay, he's, they're clearly out to get him. They're creating this new standard. In this one, they gave him a year yeah. to cough up the stuff. Even if he thought that he was entitled to some of it, again, do I think that the federal government wanted to work with him super smoothly? Probably not as smoothly as they have with other presidents. But I think if he had coughed up the stuff and if he had created a secure place at Mar-a-Lago, that they would have worked with him. And that to me is the opposite of going out, out to get him because he had a year to do some of this stuff. Right. He is, as other people have said, Trump is his own worst enemy. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, even for his defenders, and I'm beginning to see this now. So when the when the news first came out about the indictment before it was unsealed, a lot of the Republicans and leadership and candidates obviously jumped to Trump's side, you know, well, Kevin because, McCarthy. And, and because the double standard part of this yeah. is still operative. You get it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's right. It doesn't mean that it's not happening yeah. in the sense of the, the, the weaponization in other areas. But but, you know, now that now that it's open, 
you're seeing folks like Jonathan Turley, for example, Alan Dershowitz today, and then yes. I, Britt Hume this morning on, on Fox called the, the indictment after having read it grim. Yeah. You know, and so. Well, and we should play yeah. Turley on Fox News Sunday. Now, he's a George Washington University legal professor, great legal mind, a guy who has put himself on the wrong side oh, of yeah. the left many times sure. at this point, despite the fact that he was just considered a general great legal mind mm-hmm. for many years. He's put himself on the wrong side of the left because he has, I think, dispassionately argued that the impeachments were not great. That right, absolutely. That the brag, particularly thing, the first one, right. That the brag thing wasn't that that RussiaGate was a problem, mm-hmm. right? He's he's argued mm-hmm. on that side yeah. of all these things, which makes it significant when he says this. He's seventy six years old. All the government has to do is stick the landing on one count. And he could have a terminal sentence. Uh, You're talking about crimes that have a 10 or 20 year period as a maximum. The evidence here is quite strong. Now, we haven't heard their other side. Generally, these indictments are a lot stronger on the day they're issued Mm -hmm. than the next day. So they may be able to knock down some of these issues. But some of this evidence is coming from his former counsel. And these are very damaging uh, statements that have made against him. It may be hard to move those. The fact is, both things may be true. Yes, the Department of Justice may have been out to get him, but he made it easy. I mean, if if you look at what is being described in this indictment, confronted with someone that he felt was trying to get him, he couldn't have made it more easy for them to do so. I'm not just playing that because he thinks exactly what I think, but... <laughs> no, there is, I mean, that is the difference. And that's what Jack Smith's case is going to hinge on, which is, look, in the Pence and in the Biden case, right? In the Biden case, also bad keeping documents in the garage next to your Corvette, right? Yeah. That's that's bad. Right. But then they reported and they let them in and they handed whatever documents they wanted. They gave they gave in. So although what, he did have them for a long time. He did have them for a long time. And but also assuming, assuming without yes. his knowledge, we yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. And there's and again, there's lots of questions, obviously, with Biden. We can get into this later on when, and his connection to CEFC, China Energy, which is not great. But the other thing is, this is what you would call negligent mishandling of documents. Yeah. And in Trump's case, this is called willful right. mishandling of documents. Again, and we've talked about this. You, I know Sonny Bunch, that's his theory about the reason why he wanted it because no. it's his. So, yeah. So Sonny nailed it. Yeah. We have to yeah, give yeah. credit yeah. where it's due. Every now and uh, then. And- Look, I think this is a good way to think about Trump is mm-hmm. that and this is where the left is wrong about him, including with the Russiagate stuff, which I from the very beginning was like, they do not. No, his not, campaign did not have the ability yeah. to marshal. It's not a nefarious plot. Some giant international plot. It's just not what happened. Now, yeah. might there be a few useful idi- idiots? Sure, I'm open yeah. to that. It turns out the useful idiots were the, the press. I've said this before on the show, which is. You know, Biden and Trump, it's like the battle of two babies, you know, oh and, and, and oh, uh, because yes. Biden is like the baby who just doesn't know anything, you know, I mean, at this point. And Trump is like the angry baby. He's mine. Like toddler, toddler. Mine. Yeah, yeah toddler, toddler baby, style. you know, which is like so, still a toy and he wants it for himself. So Sonny's theory yeah. is just that he was like, this stuff is mine. Mm-hmm. You can't have it. Mm-hmm. And that is the that's the Occam's razor for Trump all the time yeah. is that this is just some dumb, Obviously. selfish self-defeating thing he's doing that has little to do with some nefarious scheme to right. sell secrets to someone or anything no, elaborate no, like that. But he, he got so worked up, for example, about chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, right? Yes. 
and <laughs> and he hated yes. he hated you know you know the, the positive you know press that Mark Milley was getting, and obviously not a fan of Mark Milley myself. He was the former Joint Chiefs. Joint Chiefs. That's right. Head of the Joint Chiefs. That's right. But for some reason, that may be one of the secret documents he had was attack plans, war plans regarding Iran that were devised yeah. by Milley supposedly. Now, and if that's true. Why was he keeping it? Was he keeping it to so somehow he would use it later well, to and here's the thing. embarrass him? This seems like a large deal, right? Yeah. Potential attack plans for Iran. That yeah. seems like a large deal. And he's using it to refute a story about Millie and go. Millie's accusations of him yeah. while he's at Bedminster, which means this plan has gone from the White House mm-hmm. down to Mar-a-Lago and then yeah. flown back up to Bedminster yeah. for summer because he's got to have the cool Iran plan while he's in Bedminster for the summer. And this is the conversation. Yes, there are going to be dramatic readings. Everybody get ready for it. Trump will, with senior military official, which we assume is Millie. Let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack country A. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. He's trying to say, like, I wasn't the warmonger. They are because they have this plan. Writer says, wow. Probably like, I'm really not sure I should be seeing that. Trump, we looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Look. Staffer. Mm. Trump. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Staffer. (laughs) Yeah. Get nervous. (laughs) Trump. I just found. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Staffer. Mm Mm-hmm. Except it is, like, highly confidential. That's Trump. (laughs) Yeah. More nervous laughter. Trump. Secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. <laughs> this is this is allegedly wow. audio. Yeah, by the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. No, they played the audio. Yeah, Trump. By the way, isn't that incredible, Staffer? Yeah, Trump. I was just thinking because we were talking about it, and you know, he said he wanted to attack. Blah blah blah. And then it ends. This is my favorite part. He's talking to the writer again, and he says, "You know, we would have had to declassify this mm-hmm. to show it to you." And the staffer's like getting increasingly nervous and saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can figure this out, Mr. President." <laughs> Trump, see, as president, I could have declassified it. Staffer, yeah, more laughter. Trump, now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. Staffer, yes, now we have a problem. Trump, isn't that interesting? You know what's the most sort of damning thing about this, that whole exchange? Uh Uh-huh. When he looks back, if he ends up going down because of that audio exchange, it will have been because he decided to talk to ghostwriters for a Mark Meadows autobiography. Biography. Okay, well, first of all, now we know very he didn't high, write it. Now very high stakes auto, stuff. The, yes, exactly. Of all things, Mark Meadows autobiography, ghostwriters. Uh, so there's that. There's also but another there's photos incident. There's photos and there's audio and there's text. Yeah. <clears throat> there's another incident where he great. brings out a map, a classified map of Afghanistan, I think is, oh. or that's the assumption. Yeah. There's also, and I, okay. Don't quote me on this one, but it's too fun not to mention. The speculation is that the person who's the PAC representative who is named in this indictment, who he shows the map to and at Bedminster. And again, mm-hmm. fun documents brought up to Bedminster yeah, for to the summer off, yeah. is Kid Rock. <laughs> that's what a lot of people Probably think. Kid doesn't remember it then. But that's you okay. I think Kid Rock might be like, uh, man, uh, I, don't, yeah, I don't think this I don't is know. What, I don't think that's right. I don't think uh, this is what you yeah, talking exactly. about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The... The other thing is, what did you think about the photo of the stacks of documents, the boxes in the be- bathroom? Yeah. I don't, well, think, I don't think that was good yeah. for him. <laughs> I uh, don't number, think that was good. You know good. what, too? It's funny. 
I'm sure it's otherwise maybe a nice bathroom. There's a chandelier in there. Right. But it doesn't look like there's a lot of leg room, at least width-wise, because they no. put it along the side. I don't know where the toilet roll dispenser is, but there's that. A lot of bathroom reading, yeah. but not a lot of leg room. That's my concern. Well, I also I also thought that, yeah, that bathroom didn't look too fancy. It must no, have been like a... like in the basement somewhere. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, there's all this inane discussion mm-hmm. of... Boxes, 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 yeah. boxes, back and forth between the employees. I mean, the text wow. message exchanges are insane. And, you know, it's, it's like Trump employee too. Okay, so POTUS specifically asked Walt for those boxes to be in yeah. the business center because they are his papers. And then they have this whole conversation about what can move where and where should we put the boxes and can they go in the shower? Yeah, we yeah. think there's room in the shower. There is a little room in the shower where his other stuff is. Is it only his papers he cares about? There's some other stuff in there that are not papers. Could that go to score? I mean, it's just like everything's being moved from place to place. And look, again, stipulated that Hillary's server was also a threat and was also likely breached. But Mar-a-Lago has a lot of people in and out of it. And it's not the least secure place on the planet Mm -hmm. because the Secret Service is in charge of vetting people who come in there. However, they are not in charge of watching boxes. They are in charge of watching people. And if boxes of partially classified mm-hmm. stuff are on a stage in a ballroom, perhaps behind a mm-hmm. curtain or what have you that is accessible and is having events, which it seems the golden white ba- ballroom did, then someone who is secretly after things could easily stumble upon these things or be out looking for them yep. because they might suspect that the president, of the former president of the United States is irresponsible enough to have them all around. <laughs> It turns out that might be the case. So, again, you're right. To go back to what you said earlier, now, you know, we'll preface this by saying this is all about one side at the moment, right? Yes. And it's particularly damning, as you say, because it has the cooperation of the former lawyer. But it is, as you know, with grand juries are presented, this sort of yes. evidence and testimony and whatnot. It's just the prosecution making its case. There's no defense side, and they can just decide what, what the grand jury decides in Florida is... Well, we just, yeah, we think there's enough here to move forward with an indictment. And then you would have a trial. So, well, I mean, and this is why famously not, yeah. grand juries will indict a ham sandwich. That's right. As the they famous say. line was a New York judge who talked about the ham sandwich. And that's However, true. However, I will yeah. say that I heard one of Trump's attorneys on TV this weekend, and it was pretty weak sauce. Yeah. Again, uh, the other attorneys have resigned. Yeah, several of them, you know, and they wish him well. They wish him well. And the reason some of them have resigned is because part of this is that he kept them in the dark and then had them sign certification to the federal government that they had handed over everything. One incident in particular is, you know, his this poor Walt guy who, look, Walt has to take Mr. Mr. Nauta has to take responsibility for his actions, but he really he was carting some boxes, my friends, and some of the boxes that he carted that had been moved from various places to a storage room. The storage room is where the lawyer is going to come to check out the boxes in answering a subpoena that has been sent to them in 2022, in the spring of 2022. And in June of 2022, the lawyer's scheduled to come, Trump's very own lawyer, and he sends Walt to the storage room, and Walt, several on several trips, take 64 boxes from the storage room to Trump's residence. That's a lot of boxes. It's a lot of boxes. And they are at Trump's residence for a while in between the notification of the subpoena and the lawyer coming. He then returns 30 of those boxes to the storage room. So it's an outstanding more than 30 boxes. 
And then the lawyer comes and checks out all the stuff. To his knowledge, this is all of the boxes. But it is not all of the boxes because Walt and Donald have been engaged in shuffling them. Yeah. And he signs his little certification, goes to the federal government. And this, I'm just There's saying, may, about this back maybe that forth. would it's... make both your lawyers and the federal government yeah. sort of annoyed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Again, the problem is a lot of this is what you call self-proving because <clears throat> it's all out there. And it's in it's text. Just... They, put yeah, it yeah, in, yeah. they put it that's in right. writing, guys. No. It's in writing. That's right. That's that's a problem. It's interesting, and the Wall Street Journal mentioned this earlier, that nowhere in the indictment is the Presidential Records Act mentioned, and that is an interesting thing. I think that that is going to be the Trump lawyer's strategy is to say, you know, according to this 1978 or whatever law, the Presidential Records Act gives the the president or former president very broad powers over what he has access to. And in the event that he happens to be in possession of something that he shouldn't, something that is top secret, that there's actually a process to be followed as opposed to bust down the doors and take it. But on the other hand, they had been going back and forth for a very long time. I'm open to that. As you know. I'm open to that idea. However, this started a year prior to the subpoena being issued, right? Right. And the... Look, even if the National Archives guy, and I've heard stories about this, you know, this guy mm. having a partisan axe to grind, which is entirely possible. A career guy at National oh, Archives sure. could have been like, oh, I'm going to get this guy over these yeah. documents. Yeah, but there's some 300-ish documents that mm. are classified. Like, it's not a, in many, many, many boxes. This yeah. is not some sort of, like, shot in the dark here. Again, he was helping them. Mm-hmm to get him if that was the case but he starts the process and they go back and forth several times and again if he wanted access to those things you could set up a secure place at mar-a-lago there's no now again this is the prosecutors but we've not heard any argument that he did that or asked for that Mm -hmm. the only thing they've alleged from the trump side is that he magically declassified them with his brain which to me seems like a bit of a weak argument again his own worst enemy one of my favorite parts, by the way, I don't know why this struck me as funny, but they're going back and forth, and he, his two Trump employees, Walt and another guy, nothing about boxes yet. He has one he's working on in Pine Hall, knocked out two boxes yesterday. This is after they've gotten yeah. the subpoena and they need to be starting returning things. Or no, this is after they've gotten word that they need to start returning things. Just checking on boxes. Would love to have a number of those to them today. 12 is his number. And then <laughs> January 15th, 2022. One thing he asked was for new covers for the boxes for Monday morning. Can we get new box covers before giving them to him on Monday? <laughs> they have too much writing on them. I marked too much. I don't know why yeah. I find it so hilarious <laughs> that the president was like, we need fresh boxes. Yeah, for, you know what? But there's nothing like a nice fresh box. Fresh it's very box, firm. The cardboard's very firm. Yeah. It's for the got boxes. that smell. It's got that nice smell. For my boxes. I am reminded when, when I was a, a senior in college, Statute of limitations has passed, so I could talk about the story. But no, I was with my college buddies, and we had organized a happy hour in our for the residents, you know, like right. residence advisor stuff. And so we had a happy hour in our apartment for the complex, the apartment complex. So you get the university gives you funds to purchase all the alcohol you want, beer, whatever, okay. and you bring it to the apartment to have the social. Okay. And then whatever is left over, you split with the other apartment advisor or resident advisor. I was not the one, but one of my housemates was. So what we did was we got all that booze in there, and we knew that there, we're going to get a lot with the amount that they gave us, but we're probably not going to use all of it. And 
do we really need to split leftover whatever we have with the other apartment advisor? So what we did was we hid a lot yeah. of the booze in different locations, including the bathroom, including the bathtub with the shower curtain drawn under the pillowcases, under the pillows, mm -hmm. in the bedrooms and in the closets and things like that. And then at the end, we're like, oh, looks like we only have, you know, two six packs left. Let's split that. Yeah. And in fact, we Are you it. interested in being counsel for Donald Trump? Yeah. The funniest part is that the apartment we were forced to share the leftover, one of the housemates is my wife now. So I told her about it. I said we withheld. You, you scammed we Kate out of yeah, more than right. a six so pack. Okay. Here's, here's my here's my thing. I okay. had I had a thought, by the way. Can can we can I ask you about what you think about the presidential candidate? Like the whole the, the presidential candidates. The, the whole point now, right, is we're all all we're doing is talking about Trump and right. including the president. And rather than talking about Joe Biden's record. This oh, is what I they're know. talking about. I mean, it's what we're talking about because we have to. And 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 they're gonna say, where do you stand? And and when they're on the stump now, all these different candidates, where do you stand? And the only one who is really on firm footing, hard to believe, is Chris Christie, right? Because he's mm. full on. This is bad news. Yes. And he's a, again, he's a former prosecutor. Right. Vivek Ramaswamy was at the outside of the courthouse in. He's like, I'll in pardon him. I will pardon the guy who I plan to defeat. Yes. Because I'm once I defeat yes. him and I am in the White House, <laughs> I will immediately pardon. Donald Trump. I am better. This guy's terrible. Vote, Vote for, for me, me, and then I'll pardon him. Okay. So. I, before we get to the political implications, of yeah, which yeah, there yeah. are many, I do want to go over a couple of these quotes related by Trump Attorney One from Trump. Yes. I don't want anybody looking. I don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I really don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. So that's just the Sunny Bunch theory <laughs> right there in the indictment. Yeah. Well, what if we? what happens if we just don't respond at all or don't play ball with them? Wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here, a la the yeah. alcohol from your Thank you. apartment it's days? Thank you. It's not here. Well, look, isn't it better if there are no documents? <laughs> and then this commendation of Hillary Clinton's lawyer, which uh, he's not wrong about this one. Her attorney, he was great. He did a great job. You know what? He said he said that it that it was him, that he was the one who deleted all of her emails, the 30,000 emails. Because they basically dealt with her scheduling and her yeah. going to the gym and her having beauty appointments. That's and he right. was great. And he so he didn't get in any trouble because he said he was the one who deleted them. Strangely, when you tell your lawyer that, sometimes the lawyer decides to turn on you. And Yeah, no, to. it's 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 a John Dean situation there. Like you're <laughs> you know, you can you wouldn't can tell be, him what you wouldn't it be great if you take, destroyed take, the evidence the and then took the fall yeah. for me? And some and look, would and some do and some who are truly loyal to the person. Such as the Clinton team. And by yeah. the way, do I think it's fundamentally unfair that she's basically a smarter criminal yeah, I know. than totally. him. And that that's what gets mm -hmm. her off. But as I believe as Charlie Cook wrote, and I think it's a very good way of saying this, when Hillary was found out, she started acting like a lawyer. Yeah. And when he was found out, he's acting like a narcissist showboat. Yeah. And that is going to be the difference between yeah, what and happens. Yeah, that could be his undoing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. The, the the musical boxes go on for months and months and months and months and months, and now we have this whole situation. I did enjoy also the the text of a alert that hey one of the boxes fell over. There's like classified stuff out yeah in the open, and and the guy they're texting back and forth and he goes oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no oh no oh no <laughs> yeah that's it is a problem this, yeah. <clears throat> again it, 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 this does not seem like a very 
efficient operation. No, again, French just, farce, yeah, but with yeah. classified documents. Uh, so everyone's like, oh, this is exactly part of the, like, if you want to go into the conspiracy thing about this, this right. is exactly what, you know, the Democrats want. To have us want... not talk about Biden, right? Well, yeah, well, number yeah. one, but also to, you know, put Biden's chief rival at the moment, you know, in the hot seat and possibly eliminate him. But if you but no, eliminate him. But it doesn't actually eliminate no, him is doesn't. the thing. And maybe that's part of the, the master plan in a perfect world is, you know, he's facing indictment. He could go to jail and the majority of Republicans still want to nominate him no, and no, have I mean, him as the, their nominee. The galaxy brain plan, right? Yeah. And I don't yes, know. The galaxy maybe brain maybe plan, if it's right. But look, it, it's foreseeable that you could solidify, you could galvanize that 35 percent. Mm -hmm. which is perhaps his ceiling and his floor, but right. might be enough to get him through yeah. the primaries. Every time you indict him, you make that 35% stronger. Yeah. And if you trail along a couple of indictments, one with the brag, one this one, mm -hmm. the Georgia one in August, we had the E. Jean Carroll thing, which is a civil suit that was slightly different. You're saying that, that seals, the, that clinches the nomination No, but Trump. you start adding another indictment in August, yeah. and that's like, right around the time they're supposed to have a debate. Yeah. And once again, you end up with a situation where how do the candidates who are trying to fight him answer this? Because yep. I I want them to attack him on his vulnerabilities. And I don't know, being under several indictments is probably yeah. considered a, a vulnerability and should be. And yet they have, I, I think you have to acknowledge the unfairness of the past situations. And then you have to differentiate that one from this one, mm -hmm. which is tricky. It's yeah. it's tricky. And people understandably don't want to read the 49 pages and are convinced mm -hmm. that whatever they're throwing at him is fabricated or fake. Yeah, that's unfair. reason to suspect that it's not a made up thing. And so talking to those voters is very tricky. Right. But you have to go after Trump yeah. on this stuff. Chris Christie did immediately. Because it can be both, as we said. Nikki Haley sure. changed her tune a bit. Mm -hmm. We'll play a clip of her. And she, as a person who talks about a lot of foreign policy, I think is in yeah. a good place to, to make this argument. So we'll play that. Obviously, these are serious, uh, serious accusations and situation that he finds himself in. What, what's your reaction to what's going on and what we're going to see play out tomorrow? What do you say to voters about how they should look at this? When I was at the UN, I mean, I saw that the president never got an ounce of credit or a moment's peace. I also had to deal with the Russiagate because that's what they were swirling around all the time, and we saw that that was not a fact. Um, this is what I'll tell you. Two things can be true at the same time. One, the DOJ and FBI have lost all credibility with the American people. And getting rid of just senior management isn't going to be enough to fix this. This is going to take a complete overhaul, and we have to do that. Two, the second thing can also be true. If this indictment is true, if what it says is actually the case, President Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security. More than that, I'm a military spouse. My husband's about to deploy this weekend. This puts all of our military men and women in danger. If you are going to talk about what our military is capable of or how we would go about invading or doing something with one of our enemies. And if that's the case, it's, in, it's reckless, it's frustrating, and um, it causes problems. And, you know, we're looking now, this is the second indictment. We're looking at possibly a third indictment um, coming in with Georgia. My concern is not so much about how this 
you know, plays out and what we do with it. My concern is about the direction of the country. The fact that we cannot have Biden win this election. We cannot go through Biden or Kamala Harris winning this election. We've got to have someone that can win a general election. We've got to have someone that can right the ship on this country and get us back in shape, whether it's the border, whether it's crime. We've got to start doing that. And and I think the time is now. Other than that, still sticking with mostly unfair politicization, all that stuff. Yeah. How do they win that way, though? I mean, I, I know people, close relatives per se, who in many circumstances prefer no loaf than half the loaf. You know, so they'll say we're going to, you know, uh, he he is he's the nominee who best truly represents how I feel right. about what's going on in this country. And right. he's being unfairly maligned. And if he loses, it's because the fix was in. And but I'm not sure what the next step is. So there's that. Yeah. But uh, you would like to think that at the end of the day, people would think, wouldn't it be easier if we had somebody that didn't have this baggage? I mean, and that's the case that people like Ron DeSantis have to make. Well, and here, here's my thing is you do not owe your vote to the redemption of Donald Trump. Like a man who is almost incapable of helping himself. And if losing is your thing, then that's where you're headed Mm -hmm. with laying down that vote for him. Right. And uh, do not be mistaken. He will... Whatever argument you make for him, he will, you go out on that limb, he will saw it right off. He does it to his lawyers. He does it to his friends. He does it to voters. He does it to people in the media. I was thinking about this almost when I speak to a, a relative, again, I'm not going to say it's my mother-in-law, but I would say like, you know, almost everybody that's worked for him ends up you know, becoming traitors, you yes. know, whether it be, you know, Bill Barr is now sl- what, a slob, a fat slob, of course, I think. Of course. But even, you know, and Kaylee McEnany yeah. is now milk toast and- B list, and and the retort is always Sean Spicer, loyal to the end. <laughs> well, thank you for Sean. Okay, so so there's that. But you know what? I know what a lot of some of our listeners are going to say. What about the FBI memo against Biden and Hunter? And that's hot stuff. When it comes out, we'll be all over that. FD ten twenty three. Well, that's but and here's the problem. Could be big. A- another issue, right? Uh-huh. And this is like how we treat different information mm-hmm. and this is what understandably oh i should i should put a cap on this which is the just the indictment itself which is it, it sounds like he's in some trouble here guys i yeah. don't especially having heard his lawyer on sunday it didn't sound encouraging right that they were going to be mount, mounting anything that was like a real defense of this right. he's having um, trouble finding representation right now as well we speak. because of the lying to your own lawyer stuff yeah. that it can be a problem and then we yes okay so then you get to the 1023 which is this document that the fbi has had sitting around that is from an informant saying that he had evidence as a as an informant mm-hmm. of biden taking five million from a foreign government yeah from Burisma. For, just for straight up bribery yeah this is the allegation now because of russiagate when something comes from the FBI and is leaked and is from one confidential source mm-hmm. whose motivations we do not know, I would like to be careful with that information yeah. and not make a bunch of giant leaps based upon it. However, again, the double standard. No one in the press thought that about anything Russiagate related, yeah. but they'll be very, very oh, careful. Yeah. Which means, oh, they're going to be so careful. We're going to wait till there's audio and video confirmation. And even then, and even then, <laughs> even then, like probably not an issue. 
No, we've been infected, Mary Catherine. Our brains have been infected by this. Now this is really scary that we're both thinking the same thing. And just the amount of cynicism in this room here. It's true, though, and this is the problem with how people perceive this, and the way Mm -hmm. the fact that people perceive it as the DOJ being against one party and working with the other one is a because it happened, actual for real, and there's proof of it, and the fact that they think that is bad for the system. Right. And that's why I'm concerned that the good to the republic from getting Donald Trump on something that he actually did, mm-hmm. right, that actually might meet the letter of the law, is the good from that to national security outweighed by the damage mm-hmm. to a lot of people's view of the DOJ and the justice system in general right. because it's just a democratic presidency deciding they don't want to indict. I mean, that they, they want to indict after they didn't indict mm-hmm. the last time. I Look, I'm on the fence about this. But also, I read the indictment. It's like, wow, wow, yeah. look at all of the, those things. Anyway, so I want to be careful with the FBI thing. And we will find out more about it. But I would like just anywhere close to the same amount of energy put into this FBI document yes. and this theory of the case and the bank records that show that millions came from the Chinese government to nine different Biden family right. members and not an assumption without ever looking into it that Biden could never have known about any of this because that's insane. Yeah. Like just to write that off on its own. And that's the problem that people have with the way that this is treated. And I get it. We've been talking for a long time, Vic. The clock. Okay. Do you want to go straight to self-cancel? Yeah, let's get this in real quick. Okay. So on Twitter last night, I saw someone talking about this, and I was like, that can't be real. And then I clicked over, and in fact, it is real. This is Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the author most famously of Eat, Pray, Love, the memoir Mm -hmm. that became a movie. Very famous. Anyway, she's a novelist, right? Mm -hmm. Or a memoirist slash novelist. And as she was writing something called The Snow Forest that was due to be published soon. But, and let me just play a little bit. She has an announcement for everyone on Twitter, oh, and, and here it is. The Snow Forest, we have, we have some news. Hi, everybody. It's Liz, and I have an announcement to make. So last week, I announced the um, upcoming publication of my most recent novel, a book called The Snow Forest, that was set in the middle of Siberia in the middle of the last century and told the story of a group of individuals who made a decision to remove themselves from society, to resist the Soviet government, and to try to defend nature against industrialization. Okay, first off, sounds interesting. I didn't think I'd be interested in an Elizabeth Gilbert book. Maybe this is some ruse to get to get uh-huh. publicity and make me interested in the snow forest. It's but combining environmentalism with anti-communism. I've, wow. Okay, I'm, I'm, continue, I'm, I'm, continue. I might, so might be I'm, here for that. Okay. I'm intrigued. Okay. Let's hear more about the snow forest. But over the course of this weekend, I have received an enormous, massive outpouring of reactions and responses from my Ukrainian readers, expressing anger, sorrow, disappointment, and pain about the fact that I would choose to release a book into the world right now, any book, no matter what the subject of it is, that is set in Russia. She is self-canceling. A work of fiction set in mid-century Soviet Union under a completely different system of government and leadership than the current Russia. 
Because you can't have even oppressed people in Russia. They're all in on the same no, side. No, apparently we're just canceling all of all Russian things, things Russia, ever. Even, yeah, there are no victims. They're all in and on And actually, it. we okay. talked about this when the yeah. war on Ukraine started. Like, please don't cancel Tchaikovsky. Like, right. that's, a, that's an, a bad idea. So here, a little more. And I want to say that I have heard these messages and read these messages, and I respect them. And as a result, I'm making a course correction, and I'm removing the book from its publication schedule. It is not the time for this book to be published. And um, I do not want to add any harm to a group of people who have already experienced and who are all continuing to experience grievous and extreme harm. Um, so that is the choice that I have made. And I've got other book projects that I'm working on and I've made a decision to turn my attention to working on those now. So I just wanted to let everybody know that and thank you very much. She's operating on the assumption that there are no Russians who are sympathetic to the plight of Ukraine. Also, she's operating under idiocy. <laughs> like what? In what world mm -hmm. do you need to cancel fiction set in mid-century Siberia yeah. because Is she going to wait until there's peace? <laughs> it also Cuz that'll come out the t next that'll come out at the same time my next right. book comes out. Like yeah. I'm sorry, but the snow forest is not violence. Words are not violence. Eat pray love might have been at some point to some people. But depending on your taste in literature. Yes. But it's not violence. And certainly we have enough perspective to know the difference between actual Russian government violence against the people of Ukraine and an author writing a book about Russia 100 years ago or 75 yeah. years ago. This is insanity to me. And how many people did it take complaining to her yeah. to make this happen? First of all, Love that author privilege where she's like, I've been a best-selling author, so I'm just going to like take this out of publication mode right now and I'll just do a different book. It's like, that's not how that works for most no. authors, just FYI. Uh, also, <laughs> I'd love to be at that stage where I can say, quote, my Ukrainian readers, because yeah. I have that many from around the world, as opposed to the, my readers in Tajikistan. Yeah. They, they, they were fine with it. Now, in the responses to this, there are a bunch of people just saying, this is insane. And also, a bunch of Ukrainian tweeters saying uh not yeah. not necessary in my name yeah. ma'am i just think Weird. this is so weak yeah. such a capitulation such a lame exhibition from an alleged artist like yeah. and by the way you know people novelists consider themselves like oh i'm so avant-garde and she's among them like right mm -hmm. i'm so avant-garde i'm such a re i'm such a rebel yeah and it's like if you get just an inch to the to the wrong side yeah. of a loud group on Twitter, you're capitulating like this. I just find it so gross. I, I'd I'd love to know what Solzhenitsyn would have thought yeah. about this. I'm 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 capitulating. Did you read? Can I ask you this? this is a very personal question. Mm -hmm. Did you read Eat Pray Love? I did not. Oh. I'm making fun of it without reading it. It. It I, you signified know like a know? certain. It signified yes. a certain demographic I know, in no. my life and a time. I, ha I have a friend. You know, she loves it. it. Spoke. The book spoke. It spoke to many people. It spoke. My you question what, is: the thing what is, is yes. when that book came out, I was mm -hmm. much younger. But I think my demo now wow, is the you think demo it, the for Eat, Pray, Love. The the 
my demo now is the demo to which it spoke you at know, the time. Do you know what I wonder? I wonder if any men read Eat, Pray, Love. I'm sure some did. You think so? If there had been a, a Twitter, dozen. if there, there had been a Twitter, then she would have heard from her her male readers that she, they didn't want to be hurt by this book. That's right. And she and she needed to go a different direction. Oh, I just think it's so so incredibly lame. Yeah. Don't do it. We we see this a lot. These apologies to a, like a woke mob. It's embarrassing. And this one is just her own lack of common sense. I mean, this is, and by by the way, this is just last point. You don't have to be censored if you're willing to self-censor. And so much of our society these days is geared toward making you self-censor. And I do it. It works. I do it it myself. I'll think about posting something. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ooh. Like, not in a prudent way. I'm like, ooh, do I really want to deal with the the fact that people disagree with me on this, Right. right? And you have to force yourself not to do that in order to think clearly, in order to be honest. And she's not being honest about her work here. Mm-hmm. She's giving up. That's right. Don't do it. It's like the Rolling Stones canceling themselves and not playing Brown Sugar. Oh, God. Come on. It's a good song. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Victory Nomadis. I am at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, and you should follow us at Getting Hammered Podcast. You will find a picture there of me pre-braces. I will get that to the people. The people have demands. In meantime, if you guys want to send me fresh box tops, I'm going to need some of those for my, my boxes. All right. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. More on this, I'm sure, for the rest of our lives. Thanks. <laughs> this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>